famous story about the um, Roman convert to Judaism, Onkelos, whose Aramaic translation of the entire Torah is printed in every printed edition of the Torah. It's that authoritative. Welcome to the Ideas That Change the World podcast with Rabbi Manus Friedman, where we make sure your life will be changed for the better, one idea at a time. Rabbi Friedman is the number one voice of clarity on moral and social issues. So what are we waiting for? Let's go change the world. A mezuzah is a little parchment scroll, and it has um, the Shema, Hero Israel, written on it by a scribe, handwritten, must be handwritten. But let's take a look at this mitzvah. There are so many details in the writing of a mezuzah. Somebody calculated there are over a thousand laws, requirements, to make a mezuzah kosher. Obviously, every letter has its requirements. It must be formed and shaped exactly, precisely uh, to, uh, to the standards. The aleph has to be an aleph, the base has to be a base, and so on. So how they are formed, how they're written, over a thousand laws to make a mezuzah kosher. What exactly is the mitzvah of mezuzah? You place a mezuzah on the right side of every door in your house. Some people have a mezuzah just on their front door, but it has to be on every door. Every passageway, every doorway needs a mezuzah because when you go from room to room, you want to be aware that God is present everywhere. The mezuzah reminds you that this is a Jewish home, this is a Jewish kitchen, this is a Jewish dining room, a Jewish den, etc., etc. The mezuzah on the front door lets the whole world know that this is a Jewish home. That's not the purpose. That's one of the benefits fringe benefits. But you put a mezuzah on your door, you are fulfilling a mitzvah. We're also told that the, the mezuzah offers a form of protection. God protects your doorways. Famous story about the um, Roman convert to Judaism, Onkelos, whose Aramaic translation of the entire Torah is printed in every printed edition of the Torah. It's that authoritative. Rashi often uh, takes his understanding of the verse from the Aramaic translation of Unculus. Anyway, at that time, the Romans were ruling in uh, Israel, and it was illegal to convert to Judaism. And so troops were sent to arrest him. As they were leading him out the door, he reached up and kissed the mezuzah. And the soldier said, what was that? He said, you stand at the door of your king to protect him, but our king, 
our God, stands at our door and protects us. They all converted. They sent a second troop of soldiers and the same thing happened. He kissed the mezuzah. They said, what is that? He said, God stands at our door to protect us. They all converted. So they stopped trying. But to understand the story properly, really is that grounds for conversion? <laughs> it's cute. But you convert to Judaism because of that? You see, it worked because they were soldiers. They may have had their turn standing at the door of the emperor to protect him. So they knew what Unculus was saying. What exactly is the role of a soldier at the door of the palace? What's his job? To prevent a war? He can't. His job is to take the first bullet. When Unculus said, you stand at the door of your king to protect him, means you're willing to take a bullet for your emperor. Our God stands at our door to protect us. He's willing to take a bullet for us. Now, there were many gods that were worshipped in Rome, but they had never heard of this concept that God is there for you and will take a bullet for you. It completely reformed their thinking. They were converted, not necessarily to Judaism, but to an entirely new concept of God himself. God protects us when we put a mezuzah up on the door. His presence, made visible by the mezuzah, is a protection. Again, that is not why we put a mezuzah on the door. The reason we put a mezuzah on the door is because God commanded it. You shall write these words on your arm and on your head, those are the tefillin, and on the doorposts of your home, that's the mezuzah. And what does it say in the mezuzah? That there's only one God and that he is lovable. So why do we put a mezuzah on the door? Because we are here to serve him. And if that's what he requires, then that's what we do. That's a mitzvah. Which means that as much as we appreciate the content, the meaning, the wisdom, the benefits of a mitzvah, we never do it for those reasons. We do it because he asked. And in any relationship, that should be the, uh, the final deciding factor. You do for your friend, you do for your spouse, you do for your parents, you do for your children. Not because it'll benefit you, but because they need it, they ask for it. It serves their need. Very quick example, very good example. A boy comes to a yeshiva overseas. He arrives on the first day, he goes into the office and says to the dean of the yeshiva, I need to call my mother. Which phone can I use? 
the dean says, you need to call your mother. He says, yeah, <laughs> I need to call my mother. And the dean says again, you need to call your mother. He was a perceptive boy and he got it. He got the message. Does he need to call his mother? A teenage boy? <laughs> Probably not. What he's really saying is, my mother needs me to call her, so which phone can I use? There's a huge difference. I need to call my mother is not impressive. My mother needs me to call her, so I'm going to call. That's impressive. That's noble. There's something good about that. I need? Okay. But more than that, I need to call my mother isn't even true. You don't. What is true is your mother needs to hear from you. So don't plagiarize. Don't take your mother's need and call it your own. Be, care, be clear. You're going to call your mother because she needs it, not because you need it. We do a mitzvah not because we need it. We do a mitzvah because the commander who asked us to do the mitzvah obviously needs it. Will there be benefits? Yes, if you call your mother, you'll have benefits. She'll send you more money. She'll even send you cookies. But it's her need, not yours. And when you do what she needs, now you've become a mensch. Now you've transcended yourself, which is the first sign of maturity. So that little exchange between the student and the dean was really life-changing. The boy came back a different person, just from that conversation. And that's how we grow up. We go from I need to I am needed. My mother needs me, my father needs me, my community needs me, my creator needs me. Me? I don't have very many needs. And if I do, they're embarrassing. <laughs> Nothing to write home about. So what is the doing of a mitzvah? The doing of a mitzvah is the maturity of Judaism. If you don't do it, you haven't really matured because it's about your feelings and your thinking and your opinion and your moods and your likes and your dislikes. This is not maturity. You become mature when you step out of your own thinking and do something that you don't need, really don't need. And yet you do it and you do it diligently and you do it properly and you're careful about the details. Why? Because somebody cares about this. Not me. 
somebody more important, somebody other than me. That's the power of the doing of the mitzvah. The benefits, yeah, there are many. It's satisfying in many ways, intellectually, emotionally, socially. But the doing, that's the maturity. We have a Sunday night program for VIPs that you might be interested in. It's informal, it's questions and answers, it's conversation. It's really relaxed, it's really pleasant, enjoyable, informative, and uh, kind of community-like. It's a Sunday night program, there's a um, Wednesday morning program for the VIPs, and there's a Wednesday night program. All of it, just conversation, casual, laid back, unscripted. So join us, take a look, click uh, the link below and see which, which of the three suits you best and join us for some enjoyable conversations.